Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Due to budget cuts, well, actually, we have no more budget because he lost it on one pull on a penny slot machine. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine. It's uh, Tuesday. I'm back home again. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to be home for the entire month of July. Yeah, I get to spend some home time. Um, anyway, in this week's show, uh, the church warden question came up. So I'm going to talk about church wardens and why I think everybody should have a uh, church warden pipe in their collection or rotation and then uh, instead of one guest we've got three count them three interviews from the show floor of the most recent IPCPR we'll have uh, Glenn Whalen of Peterson Max Stokeby of STG Lane and Canude Nording of Nording Pipes so this will be the uh, the first of those recordings and uh, you know what? They're just they're, they're they're just unedited, raw, right there on the show floor. I hope you enjoy them. It was fun to do them. Uh, speaking of my uh, of my trip to Vegas, and uh, you know, it was it was a great trip. It was an easy trip in and out, four nights. Uh, got to spend time at the Flamingo and got a smoking room. Which, <clears throat> by the way, if you <laughs> if you get a smoking room. And you're walking back to your room at night on the smoking floor. You may get the munchies on the way there. So uh, if marijuana smell bothers you, don't book a room at the Flamingo on the smoking floor. Don't know how it is on the other floors. But once I got in the room, no problem at all. And I did get a chance to go to In-N-Out Burger and a couple other favorite places over the four days. And spent a lot of time on the show floor just hanging out with people. Including uh, non-pipe related one of my uh, one of my favorites uh, is a, a a guy named Cesar. Cesar works for Padron Cigar Company, and he and I kind of uh, met, you know, probably fifteen years ago. And Cesar enjoys a pipe occasionally, so we kind of used to meet once a show and you know get together, and I'd bring him some tobacco from whoever I was working for, or and he'd give me a cigar, and we'd sit and catch up. So on. Uh, the second uh, second day of the show, the last hour after the show closed, it was me, Cesar, and Orlando Padron just sitting, just the three of us in their little conference room, uh, smoking cigars and talking, catching up, and it was really nice. And then we walked out and went our separate ways. They were staying at the Venetian. I wasn't. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. And we are back 
and all right, so here here was the here was the discussion. And again, when I was uh, you know, a couple months back, when I kind of uh, cleaned up my uh, my smoking collection of pipes, I went through all the pipes and looked at them closely and smoked them all and tried to figure out all right, why do I have them and which ones can go because you know I, I've got to keep a cap on the pipes that I that I don't smoke or that I smoke on, on my regular rotation. I, I've just got to keep a cap on it. You know, I can't have. I don't want to have two, three hundred pipes. I'll forget about them. Anyway, the so the thought came into my head. I, I had at that point I had one longer shanked pipe. All right, and by definition, a church warden to me is I don't know. And you know, is there a magic number where it becomes a church warden versus just a very long pipe? To me, the magic number is somewhere over eight inches in length. All right, eight inches from the front of the bowl to the back of the stem. If it gets over eight inches and it doesn't take a standard, you know, six and a half inch pipe cleaner, well, that's getting to be a long shanked pipe or a long pipe or a church warden. And yeah, and we'll go back a little bit. Uh, church warden pipes were made to be extra long so that they were held out of the way of books and robes and beards and could be held off to the side so that you didn't have to worry about having the pipe right up in your face while you were staring down and reading. Um, and again, it's any pipe, you know, let's just say seven and a half inches is a good length to say, all right, that's a church warden. Uh, why do you need a church warden in your collection? Well, I think for a couple of reasons. One, it does change the taste of whatever you're smoking. All right. That extra length of stem material or in my case i've got uh i've got one that's a really long bamboo shank uh it changes the taste of the smoke because the smoke has a little bit more time to cool down it's got a little further to go and it just changes the flavor uh the other reason and you know and i've been thinking about this more and more because i spend a good amount of time on the computer watching videos or seminars or reading articles and emails and stuff like that. Uh, what got me to thinking about this is as you're sitting there, as I'm sitting there reading them, leaned back, I could actually take the pipe, hold it in my front teeth, angle it down and rest it on my, on my chest. So it's kind of like a chest sitter sitter when you're kind of laying back. Uh, that made it really comfortable for my teeth when, you know, most of the time if I'm smoking a pipe, I'm holding it in the side of my mouth. And as I'm reading uh, stuff online, you know, I'm puffing away on it and might take it out and, and go back and forth. But to have that ability to rest the pipe, use a different part of your mouth to hold a pipe, it also changed the spot where uh, where the smoke was entering my mouth. And again, probably hitting some taste buds that are a little fresher, uh, a little less abused than my regular ones on the side of my mouth from where I normally hold the bowl. But just by moving the pipe around to the front, getting a little extra length, it, it gave me some slight changes in in the taste of what I was smoking and I, you know, I'm not smoking anything out of the normal. I'm just smoking my regular stuff, but it changed it a little bit. 
the other thing that I noticed is that if I'm, you know, if I'm really reading a book or something, it made it really easy to read the book because I didn't have to worry about holding the pipe away from the book and vice versa. Uh, with my with my new reading glasses and my glasses situation, eh, it might have been a little easier to see it, but you know, it definitely was not a problem trying to light it because I could look down at it. Uh, the other thing that I, I kind of like the church wardens for uh, for their ability to I don't know, kind of slow you down because of the length of it, because of where it is and. Yeah, it just made me feel like I wanted to slow down a little bit. Now, if you're looking for a church warden, I will warn you against getting a bigger, bold one. I think you want to stay in a smaller, you know, group three, maybe a group four size bowl or a very light piece of wood because you don't want all that weight hanging out on the end of that pipe. Um, you, you, if you do that, then you're definitely in a situation where you're either resting it on your chest or you're holding the pipe because all that weight hanging at the end of the stem may not be, uh, may not be real comfortable for your mouth. Uh, but do try and get, you know, the average pipe is five and a half, six inches long. Try to get one in that eight, nine inch range and see what the difference is with your, uh, with your favorite tobaccos. If you have any comments or questions, you can post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com or email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. All right, in just a minute, we'll have the uh, first of three recordings from the IPCPR. This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. And we are back. All right. Uh, so the Pipes Magazine radio show went on the road, and I recorded these uh, short interviews or short visits right on the show floor in the booth of the of the of the exhibitor. Uh, so you're going to get them 99% raw. 99% what you hear is what I got, all right? So it's going to have a little bit of background noise. You're going to hear people interrupt occasionally. Uh, but these are right here in the booth, and a lot of times we are actually referencing a product that is on display. So just imagine that. And uh, all the pictures that I took at the trade show are posted on my Facebook page at uh, Brian Levine. And I'm also going to uh, post them all on my uh, Instagram feed, which I'm uh, building up. And you can just search for me and find me. Uh, I think it's BrianLL23. All right, so we started off at the uh, Laudisi Distribution Group's booth with Peterson Pipes and uh, Glenn Whalen of Ireland. And again, back in the at the IPCPR in the LDG or LaDC Distribution Group. I'm not even going to attempt to say your name because I want to hear it in your in your lovely Irish brogue. So go ahead and say your say your name and and tell us where exactly are you from? Uh, I'm Glenn Whelan and I'm from Petersons in Dublin. 
I love it. Uh, so, Glenn, how long have you been with Peterson? Because you're you're not an old guy. I'm not an old guy, but I feel older <laughs> than I actually am. I've actually been with Peterson. So, officially, in an official capacity, I started in Peterson's when I was 15, which is 17 years ago. Wow. Uh, I worked in the retail store part-time. But prior to that, I used to go out to the factory uh, when I was about 12 with my dad. Um, just a sweet briar dust off the floor at the weekends. <laughs> so I suppose I'm 20 years involved with the business. Uh, my father is actually, he was the production manager in the factory. Um, he was 50 years with Peterson's two years ago. Wow. And he retired, which lasted about a month. And he's back working in the factory three days a week. <laughs> so uh, my brother also worked in the factory for about eight years as well. So there's... There's almost a family tradition in, in my home as well yeah. to be associated with Peterson's. So, and, and the shop is right in downtown Dublin. It's city centre, yeah. yeah. Really central location right next to Trinity College. So oh. it's it's almost a, a main focal point in the city. And, and it's, a, uh, it, it's a beautiful country and my, my daughter was there last year and stopped in the shop and anyway. It is. We, we, we love the we love the ad. The, the country and even more important we love the accent so yeah, it, just keep talking what are you doing here in the US so I'm over here as the the, the token Irish man <laughs> <laughs> no no so I'm, I'm the sales manager for Peterson now so I moved from the shop out to the office about two years ago in a commercial capacity and then with the changeover um, with the transaction, I took on more responsibility and I oversee all of the sales and exports for Peterson now. So I'm here representing the brand for Peterson, meeting US retailers as well, which is important, yeah. um, get to know people. And I also, it's a great place for me to meet customers from Asia or other distributors, our whole global network, so to speak. And because the booth has been busy the entire time I've been coming by and we've grabbed you away for a minute, what's new? What do you have? You, you walked over with a fistful of Peterson pipes in your hand and talk us through what's I new. I did. And- so at Peterson, um, we, we've decided to go back to our old way of rusticating, which is a really heavy set, deep, craggy rustication. This is done by hand. Um, so, for example, what I'm holding now is the Aaron Rustic line, yeah. which is our entry-level model, and it showcases the new rustication. Each each of these bowls takes about six or seven minutes to rusticate individually. It's it's done basically by holding the bowl against the drill bit, which is <laughs> incredibly dangerous in its own respects, which I found out to my uh, own detriment. Uh, so, that's... That's one of the lines that we're doing in the new rustication. The other thing we've done is we've actually gone back on the Sherlock Holmes as well. Oh, beautiful. It's much deeper on the Sherlocks. And that's traditionally the way Sherlocks were in the past. It got to a stage where the rustication was getting much lighter. And then post-transaction, with, with Sykes and the guys being pipe people, like... They said deeper, craggier, more exactly more yeah. surface to cool it off, lighter weight pipe. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But still retaining the integrity of the shape. And still the classic nickel silver on there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I want to show you is, so we have the house pipes, which 
are quite famous in Peterson's. And what we've done is this new series called the Pub Pipe. And it's it's almost like a junior house pipe. So it, this is available in two finishes. We have the rustication and then we have it in a smooth finish as well. And again, it's with the condenser filter, it's exactly as a house pipe, the form of a house pipe would be just in a smaller size. And, and still the size of that bowl is going to be, that's a three hour smoke. Absolutely. Easily. And it's, it, it, it makes more sense for Irish people to smoke these because tobacco in Ireland is very expensive. So the house pipes are not economical to be smoking every day. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're appealing to those people as well in markets where tobacco could be very expensive. <laughs> What I have as well is the new summertime collection uh -huh. this year. So we've come for like a, a ruby red rustication, accented then with a the nickel band and then a nice orange mouthpiece just to give the, the vibrancy of summer and what it brings. I love it. That's available in 12 shapes from the classic shape. And then we also have, just for, we're just showcasing it for the first time here today is the Christmas pipe for this year. Yay. Yeah. And that's we're following on from last year where we, we did the copper band for the first time. And we're we're continuing that because it was so well received. We have it this time with a Cumberland mouthpiece accented by the the copper P and then a deep rustication as well. So is that P is that an inset or is it a stamp? It's a stamp. But it's then it's stamped with the same colour to match the band exactly, and it looks yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So we generally we use the, the inset and then we have a metal aluminium P that we put on yep. the more premium pipes that would have a silver band. Gorgeous. Yeah. All right, real quick, because I got you got people lined up waiting to get to <laughs> you. Uh, your favorite beer is? I'm a Guinness drinker. And when you come to the States, what do you drink? Because it tastes I, different. It, it does. It, I don't drink Guinness outside of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, so I probably just stick to light beers over here. I don't actually drink that much. I do a lot of running and I like to keep healthy. <laughs> but it's very hard to keep saying no to people who want to buy you a beer. <laughs> so. and, and then finally, what kind of what, what kind of whiskey? I like Green Spot. That's a new one to me. So yeah. Green Spot, it's an Irish whiskey as well. So you gotta. I'm in my green yeah. suit. Everything has to be Irish yeah. today. So. <laughs> If you had the little bells on your shoes, you might be a leprechaun. Exactly, too, I just get wear the hat and the beard yeah. as well. They go, well, I have the beard already, so maybe I'll just paint it red for the day. Perfect. Thanks yeah. very much Always for sitting right. down with us. Absolute pleasure. Get back to work. I'll, Love well, what you're doing. I'll, I'll pretend I'm working. <laughs> and there you go. Interview number one uh, with uh, Glenn Whalen of uh, Peterson of Dublin. All right, we'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby.
And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Now, this one, uh, I'll warn you, I recorded these out of Well, I, I recorded them in order, but we're playing them back out of order just to try to mix up the content a little bit. Uh, this one is <laughs> with, a, uh, with uh, somebody I've known since he was 11 years old and is... Uh, now taking over the helm with some of his family name products. That's uh, Max Stokeby with STG Lane and uh, the Peter Stokeby Pipe Tobaccos. Back on the show floor at the IPCPR in what is the Scandinavian Tobacco Group's booth, but it looks like Cohiba. So, <laughs> um, which, by the way, you guys threw a great welcoming night or opening night party, so thank you very much for that. Thank you, Brian. My head was only hurting a little bit afterwards, but I did get some food. So. You had some cocktails. That's good. I was only hurting a little bit afterwards, so thanks. But <laughs> anyway, I'm standing here with Max Stokeby. Max, I've known you since you were a preteen young boy, and now you are here. What are you doing for the... What's your title besides last name well first of all brian thanks for uh having me on your podcast it's always fun to talk to you man and uh yeah, yeah sure. to your point yeah. you've known me since i was uh you know uh about waist height to you and i, I remember you would come up and uh pick my ass up and throw me in the pool occasionally it was just for fun <laughs> but there, there was water in the pool there was water in the pool fortunately <laughs> so, yeah um but no i i appreciate you having me here so uh, my new role with, uh, with STG uh, is actually a brand ambassador for our pipe tobacco. Cool. So what I'm going to be doing is uh, I'm going out and uh, hosting blending events with different retailers across the United States, um, certainly retailers that uh, have a, a little more emphasis on the pipe tobacco side of their, of their premium uh, tobacconist business. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going out. I'm super excited about it. I've spent uh, the first half of the year going out meeting with retailers, developing this program. Uh, curing everything that we want to do as far as swag and uh, and POS and all that fun so, business jargon, right? So you are literally jumping into the footsteps of your grandfather with all those trips on the road and out to retail you know, it's, and, and it's, events. It's funny that you mention that, Brian, because uh, I was up in uh, upstate New York recently, and we're in a store, and uh, the gentleman, the owner, comes up and he says, you know, I, I knew... I knew your grandfather. He was very good friends with my father. And he shows me a picture. Sure enough, it's Peter. It's his dad. And they're standing there in the store. And I'm like, well, that's amazing, right? I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. So amazing. Me and him, you know, our generation, we're keeping it alive. We look at the back of the picture. Sure enough, 30 years ago, to the, the date, day. Oh, a God. month off, a month off. Wow. March to May, 79, 30 <laughs> years to the date. And we were standing there, and so we recreated the picture, of course. But to illustrate yeah. my, you know, answer your Wait, point. But let me guess, you weren't wearing a blue blazer and a shirt and tie, though. <laughs> no. But your grandfather was. He was, uh, he was a sharp-dressed man. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. that uh, sh sharp-dressed gene uh, might have skipped me, uh, skipped this generation. You're the younger sharp-dressed. I'm looking at you. Everything matches, and uh, it thank looks you. clean. Thank so you. Good. Thank you. We're, we're doing good. Then. So let me, let's go back to these events. So are you teaching the retailers how to blend, or are you teaching the consumers that go there how to blend? We're teaching the consumers, Brian. So we're actually doing sort of a twofold event 
thing here. We're, we're going to go in and we're going to meet with retailers yeah. and we're going to take their staff through a little training session. Okay. We're going to show them the different cuts, the different types, a little history on our brand, who I am. We'll get everybody some tobacco. We'll get them packed. Yeah. We'll show them how to pack it so they can pass this information on to anybody interested in pipes and pipe tobacco, right? So that's the staff portion. And then secondly, yeah, it'll be a blending contest, actually, for consumers wow. and, and smokers. And they'll get there. They'll get Latakia, Parikh, about 10 different one-ounce samples that they'll get there and make their own creation, put yeah. it in a little custom tin, write their name on the label, have their buddies try it, and we'll pick a winner. And, uh, and the winner takes home some, some sweet prizes. And so. I know you are the featured guest at the Country Squires 49th Anniversary Party event. So. I've been fortunate enough to know J.D. now for about five years. And, uh, yeah. you know, he's, uh, he's uh, Jesus Christ of pipe tobacco, as we love to call <laughs> yeah. him. So I'm, uh, I'm stoked to be down to see J.D. in August. Uh, I think we're going to have a great show. We'll have a lot of our, our, our premium tobaccos there to be featured. Throw out some water deals. on the floor and see if he can walk on it. <laughs> well, hopefully he'll change it to wine, right? Yeah. Oh, there so, you uh, go. so we can have some fun there. But All no, it right. should be good. We'll have food and drinks and, uh, of course, a lot of uh, great tobacco and cigars. It's Mississippi, so it'll probably turn to moonshine. <laughs> but All right. And the other news that I just heard is that Peterson Pipe Tobaccos... We're just recently purchased by Scandinavian Tobacco Group mm -hmm. globally. Yes, sir. And that the first shipment of 14 blends or so has yes. gone out, so it's back in the U.S. market. It is back in the U.S. market, Brian. We're, we're expecting uh, our second shipment here very shortly, and then we'll be back up and uh, and, and providing all the U.S. With, uh, with the stock that they need. So I'm really excited. I'm a huge fan of 3Ps. I can't wait to yeah. get it back. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really stoked to actually get some in my hand and in my pipe. Is there a way for people to find out where you're going to be, when you're coming? Do you have a... Yes, actually, if uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, Stokeby Tobacco. If you want to follow my Instagram, that's typically where we're going to post everything. Yeah. Um, if you have a local brick-and-mortar retailer and they have an email list, uh, we'll be sending out emails through that as well with information on the event. But but really, I would recommend following me on Instagram, not just for the events, but also to keep up with me. I, I'm seeing a lot of the, the country and a lot of tobacconists <laughs> yeah. and taking cool pictures and then smoking with some really interesting people. So uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a fun journey to follow. And and don't tell, I won't tell you I said this, but you're right here so you'll hear it. You know, he's kind of good looking, so there might be good looking girls in the picture sometimes. And he's single. And I'm sure his mother would be happy for him to find a good-looking girl and settle down. And uh, No comment. Yes, I, I'm just saying, I know your mother. I know your mother well. Um, are you also posting that stuff on This Pipe Life? We will be posting it okay. on This Pipe Life, yes, yes, absolutely. And, and we'll actually also have uh, some, some of our swag. We'll be This Pipe Life uh, branded. So, oh, cool. you know, once again, we want to sort of just... Yeah. Get people out there and trying some pipe tobacco. So now, in the words of your grandfather, this is a selling show. Get back to work. Thanks for hanging out with me for a few minutes. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure as always. Keep an eye out for what Max is doing and uh, follow him, and you know, run into him somewhere on the road. All right, this uh, next one and final one for this week is with a uh, with another second gen. Well, Max is the fifth generation. Uh, with the second generation of Nordings. This is with uh, Canude Nording and, again, uh, you know, somebody I've known a while, and now he's taking over the helm for his father, and it was uh, great to visit with him. So here's Canude Nording in the Arango Cigar Company booth. 
and again I'm here on the show floor of the IPCPR in the Arango Cigar booth and I'm excited because I've known your father for many years and now you've taken over right but I'm with Knud Nording son of Eric Nording and now your son is in the business too yes he he's helping over at the Arango sorry at the Rocky Patel stand yeah and doing his like a fish in the water Love being here. <laughs> yes. And he's liking it over there because there's beer there, probably. Exactly, yes. And uh, he's taking after my dad, so it, it yeah. jumped the link. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's go back. Of course, Nording Pipes, everybody knows the name. Many, many years, your, your father started out as a mechanical engineer and making, and then got into the pipe business. When did you come into the business? Well, I was actually working for my father already when I was mid-twenties. Uh, he was uh, the toughest boss you can work for. <laughs> I had to be the first one there, the last one leaving. And at uh, one point he said to me that it was also good that I, I got out and I learned something else than only the pipe trade. So I, uh, yeah. I worked in different industries, uh, but I've always loved this industry and uh, so happy to be back in it now. Yeah, and kind of taking over for your dad, because your dad's now 70-something years old. Uh, 80, actually. 80. Yeah, he just turned 80. So, wow. but uh, No, uh, and, and still, yes, I'm helping more and more, but there's only one boss, and that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and the world is very happy that there is only one Eric Nording. Yeah. Cause <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one is enough. Yes. The, yes, there's not enough beer or women. No. I mean, just beer. Sorry? <laughs> beer, yes, beer. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So here at the show, you have some new pipes. You have a lot of stuff that I've never seen before. So just kind of talk us through. There's some shiny metal pipes right. and then all, all different stuff. Sure. That, let us start in this end with the yeah. shiny metal ones here. I'm oh, sorry. How are you? Good to see you. Sorry to get in your way. Yeah, we're probably in your way. Now... This is what we call the sailor pipe, which yeah. is a classical poker pipe. Um, it is has an insert of old briar, around 60 to 80 years old briar. Oh, wow. And then we have covered it with an aluminium cap, an aluminium shank, and a mouthpiece that we also have made ourselves. Not to heat your fingers, because it will get very hot. We have a heat cap where you hold while so, smoking, yeah. that's the idea. So it's really a beautiful uh, small pipe that appeals for maybe the little younger pipe smoker. It's a little more fashionable. Or, or maybe a maybe a pipe that you would take out when you're doing when you're working in the garden or right. if you're going fishing or hunting. Sure. It's yeah. not a super expensive pipe. Yeah. So and a little more durable, but yet you absolutely. still get that old briar taste out of it. Yes. And we, we stamp them all now with a, with a compass. <laughs> and that is actually taken, uh, it's called Weg uh, Visa, which in Icelandic uh, means uh, showing the road. Yeah. So it was some of the first compass carved into the Viking boats. So when we went to England to rob and pillage, then we could find our way back to Denmark. And, uh, <laughs> and now we say, with this pipe in your mouth, you never get lost. <laughs> so you can you could turn it over and use it as a compass to get back home. Exactly. Or maybe yeah. to where your tobacco is when you run <laughs> yeah. out. Where you left it. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, and we get, they, they come in seven different colors from silver, uh, gunmetal, gold, red, copper, blue, orange. And the, the gold one is very nice, isn't it? it yeah. Uh, you could, we can have the man with the golden pipe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if only James Bond still smoked a pipe. <laughs> exactly. Oh. And then you have it in natural wood, too. We do. Actually, the, the most clean of them and the most beautiful in the grain, we leave natural. We have a gunmetal shank and again with a very nice and comfortable bit that is uh, actually made out of the same material that you make pacifiers for ah. children. So, so it's a pacifier <laughs> for old men too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then I see, the is this the new hunting pipe That's for this new, year? I We think very beautiful hunting pipes with some large panel. It's a, my English is correct, sturdy? Yeah. Sturdy? Solid. Pipe, solid pipe. Like a Viking. Like a Viking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the rhinoceros with some big plates and uh, coming down with short legs, but still very agile and, and, and beautiful looking. I and even in a little acrylic insert to look like the horn of a rhinoceros. Right. Exactly. Which is, of course, not real. Right. Yes. Yeah. If it was a real rhinoceros <laughs> horn, the women would go crazy. But yeah, no. So that's the new hunting pipe that's for this the new year. Pipe. It comes in two versions. It comes in the beautiful smooth version and the beautiful one where we sandblast every second panel on the pipe. So... And if you're, I go back far enough to remember when your father introduced the first hunting pipe, that's and it was the beaver. That was the beaver. And we right. talked about Eric Nording's beaver that came in smooth, yes, or rusticated. Yes, that's right. Yes, I don't think he really knew what it is. Could mean otherwise. Than I don't know what you're talking about. No, right. Yeah. Um, and then you're, of course, the the handmade, the, the free few, hands. And yes, and a few of the, the the hunting pipes they have left from the previous years: the the zebra, the buffalo horn, the fox. Uh, yes, which is really a, a collector's item. Yes. That, uh, I mean, as we're standing here, I'm counting. There's twelve, twenty-four. 24 six-foot-long tables covered in Nording pipes. So apparently, maybe the reason your dad's not here is because he's at home making pipes. He is. He is. No, he he works every day from yeah. starting at seven o'clock in the morning and finishing quite late. So he's still very hard working, and uh, he loves it. He can't live without. And even in his summer house he has this small workshop that he he goes uh, but he cannot just relax there he has to make pipes that's where he makes the the top of the line the, the real handmade pipes yeah. and so on. or is that because mm. your mother tells him to get out of the house <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> yes. yeah. uh, so, anything new in the yeah, freehand I would, series i would love to show you the new freehand series where we have uh, done a few with the military bit or yeah. spigot here we have some with some beautiful graining because it's done in the plateau wood which is the you get the most beautiful grain in the three or four fingers on the block yeah you can actually have it standard with the spigot bit or change it very easily and then you would have a beautiful church wooden pipe so one pipe, two stems, and you don't need any more? No, 
you're good set to go yeah and the other side of the table here we <laughs> would have similar ones the, the other side of the table again is another 18 feet filled up of Nording pipes. <laughs> we have one that we call spiral line in rustication where we cut it down like a tulip flower uh -huh. and leave the panels standing out in natural briar and polish it so the graining really comes beautiful through and it, it has this beautiful look of a flower actually it's very organic yes, yes it is and, and last last but not least I oh wow so love to show you these ones where we have uh, we call them harmony which is a freehand pipe which have been covered in a cloth and with a special technique we have got the cloth to stay on the the briar but we can really play with the different motifs so as you see here there's one with deers there's one with the uh, Egyptian <laughs> art here uh, some with like post stamps old post stamps looks from like a travel Paris. log yes yeah and uh, Eiffel Tower I think this one and, uh, beautiful I don't even know what that is. Oh, this is the English flag. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a British Danish pipe. Yes, it is. It is. And I will, uh, I've, I've taken pictures of all of these oh. that we've talked about and put them on my Facebook page Great. so people can go back and see them. Are these all, everything now is going to be out in stores they as soon will. as we get back from the show? Absolutely. That will be very, very soon in a, in a st store near, yeah. near you. Yes. <laughs> That's how we Canood, yeah. thank you very much. No, you have thank people you, waiting for you. And remember, don't forget to give your father the kiss on the forehead that I, I gave you. I promise. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Thank you. If you ever get a chance to see Canood, he looks exactly like his father. Just a spitting image of him. Um, let me let me translate a few things. So uh, when when the Europeans are talking about a fair, that means a trade show. So a trade show is a fair in, in Europe. And what we call a booth at a trade show, they would call a stand, S-T-A-N-D. Uh, it's a little little translation there for you. You'll also need that in uh, future, in the uh, future interviews that I did. Uh, let me give you a little bit of uh, of my thoughts and feelings of what was going on on the show floor. Um, and again, it had been two years since I'd been there. Uh, two years ago, there was a whole lot of other, uh, the biggest thing that jumped out at me was there was a whole lot of other tobacco products, better known as stuff that was not, uh, cigarettes or cigars. There was a whole lot of, uh, of roll your own cigarette companies. There was uh, hookah companies. There were even some e-cigarette companies. Uh, and for a while they were selling, they had some companies that were on the trade show floor that were selling, you know, uh, battery packs for your cell phones and, you know, the same, it, it was essentially some of the companies that you'd see the selling the same crap in the middle of the mall and hounding you. Well, they had those, uh, this year and maybe they did it last year, but I don't know. I wasn't there, so I can't tell you, uh, there was just a few roll your own related companies on the show floor. I did not see a hookah company. I didn't see an e-cigarette or a vaping company. Uh, I didn't see any oddball gift companies. 
the uh, I did get a chance to stop by and visit with my friends at Rabbit Air and talk to them and uh, tell them how happy I was with their air cleaners. Uh, but other than that, it was premium cigars and some machine-made cigars and then pipe tobacco and pipes. Uh, one company still selling uh, walking sticks and, you know, but there was a lot of cigar companies. Um, if you've ever been to a large trade show like this, and I tried to do a Facebook live video, which you can go back and see if you haven't, uh, it, it was a little hard to navigate around because there wasn't a lot of straight aisles. There was a couple of big major thoroughfares, but there wasn't a lot of straight up and down aisles to walk because a lot of these cigar companies have some huge booths. I mean, huge. We're talking 80 by 100 feet for a cigar company. Uh, when you're looking at a pipe and tobacco company, you're talking about a booth that is maybe, uh, you know, uh, maybe uh, 20 by 80 or 20 by 60 at the biggest. So that just gives you a scale of what the... Uh, what the, what the size of the show floor is and what the comparison is between the cigar companies and the, uh, and the pipe and tobacco world. Uh, I had another great idea that I was going to tell you about, and I just went right out of my head because I, <laughs> I didn't really write down too many notes. Um, the, uh, uh, again, the, the opening night party put on by, uh, by STG under their general cigar group yeah, that's kind of a tradition, and if I can tell a little bit of a story on it, uh, the first, uh, the second and third year that I was with Peter Stokeby, we held a party the before the show, the the night before the show opened. So the idea was that all of our favorite exhibitors or distributors that had been you know working all day setting up their booths and stuff come by, have a drink on us, have some appetizers on us. We did that the first. Uh, we did that two years. We invited our favorite, you know, key retailers to it because they would already be in town. And then the third year when we went to do it, the trade show kind of took the idea and ran with it and created this opening night party. Uh, General Cigar or Cohiba and STG did a great job with this party. I mean, it was top notch, good food, and uh, <laughs> and yes, gin and tonics were my. Uh, were my poison that night. Uh, but, you know, again, I can handle my gin and tonics. Uh, walking around the show floor, again, a little dis, you know, a little disorganized to navigate around and sometimes hard to find the pipe guys because, you know, several pipe companies that were there might have had, uh, you know, four booths and they would have been tucked on the side of a bigger booth company or a bigger exhibitor. So a little hard to navigate around. Uh, I'll talk about the uh, <laughs> I'll talk about the name change in my rant. I promise coming up, so you, you will hear that. And then uh, for those, if you're wondering, in future episodes, we will definitely talk about the FDA change. Uh, we've got uh, Dunhill, Briarworks, Sutliff, and uh, and a sit down with Eric Stokeby. Uh, other than that, the rest of my trip, you know what? I've uh, I've always had an appreciation for watches, and I've got a chance to 
go sit, you know, go wander around some of the really top end watch stores in Las Vegas. And, and I'll just tell my favorite story of it because I went into the Richard meal, Richard spelled Richard mile, M I L L E, uh, walked into their boutique in one of the malls. And I know their watches are, (laughs) <laughs> no way in hell I'm ever owning one. Uh, but there was one that I, that I was looking at closely and I told the, told the sales guy there that, you know, look, I'm just here to look. And, you know, obviously he's used to it. And I was talking to him about the watches and this, that, and the other. And he looked at me, he said, do you want to try it on? I said, no. Well, can I take a picture of it on my wrist? He said, no, we don't allow photographs in here. And said, I don't even want to touch it then. It was $600,000. Yeah, that's what I said. $600,000 for a Richard Meal watch. Um, <laughs> other than that, uh, oh, notable. Uh, got to hang out a little bit walking back and forth sometimes with uh, Caitlin from uh, Briar Nation. So that was fun, too. And I wish I wish I would have been. I need to get better at this social media stuff and taking pictures of me and all the people. But you know what? I look much better just on sound. So that's what you get you get the product and uh, you don't get as many pictures of the people all right there you go first part of ipcpr 2019 in the uh, in the books and when we come back we'll have more of the pipes magazine radio show this is internet radio being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years We've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, a lot of this stuff that we're uh, the, that I saw at the uh, at the IPCPR, a lot of it's going to start ending up in stores in the next month or two, uh, including, I guess, the Peterson tobaccos are coming out. Uh, anyway, all that stuff will end up in uh, stores shortly, so keep an eye on it. And for music, one more time with Wayne Powers. This one... Uh, is uh, called the birth of the blues and this is recorded live in michigan last year with a uh, with a whole big band backing of so once again wayne powers the uh, birth of the blues we're searching for a different tune one that they could croon as only they can. They only had the rhythm, so they started swaying to and fro. 
They didn't know just what to use And that is how the blues Really began That's how the blues Really began They want to hear more of Wayne singing just google search Wayne Powers and you'll uh, his website will come up you can buy a CD and all that stuff check your mailbox you moron in the mailbag we have got a lot to get caught up on and the first thing I want to get caught up on because I suck at keeping track of stuff is an email I got from Dino and it says hi Brian it's out my article about the ADP pipe has been published in the spring issue of the Baker Street Journal the official publication of the Baker Street Irregulars which has international circulation it was published on first submission which rarely happens I thought I'd share and he sent me a uh, a, a jpeg of the article uh it's the adolfo the uh, the adolf posner and company pipe that he's talking about if you would like to read it you can go to the baker baker street irregulars.com and uh sign up for their publication if you're a fan of sherlock holmes you definitely should be in the uh you definitely should be a member because uh Looks like there's a lot of great stuff there. Uh, then going forward back to uh, two weeks ago with uh, Dirk Heinemann, uh, Casey Ghost writes, good show, nice piece on pipe cleaners, though I can't see what the fuss is about. Uh, find what you like and use it. 
Good interview with a personable young man. It's a funny thing about German beer. I spent two years in Germany and never ordered a beer by name. Whatever was on tap was fine by me, and I've never had one I didn't like. God, they were great. Back in the States, I've tried many a German brew, and they're all terrible. Of course, I'm not exactly known as a beer connoisseur. <laughs> And Dillagas writes, uh, thank you for the discussion on pipe cleaners. One more use for the tapered pipe cleaner. It is perfect for cleaning the stem of a Peterson P-Lip. Most pipe cleaners are too thick to run through the little hole at the top of the button. I always keep a pack of tapered cleaners around just for this purpose. I've always used uh, BJ Long's brand pipe cleaners with good success. So there you go, Peterson P-Lips. Uh, and then uh, Ira, the writing rabbi, says, Hi, Brian. Very nice show. I appreciated the review of Pipe Cleaners and enjoyed the interview with Dirk. I wanted to suggest Jose Rubio, pipe maker in Spain, as a future guest. Also, Chris Asterio. Great pipes. Hope the IPCPR or whatever it is called was good. Um, thanks for the uh, recommendation of Jose. I will reach out to him. And uh, Chris, I've been working on. <laughs> Chris, I've been working on. He's a, uh, uh, I think he might be a little bit of a, uh, little bit of a shy egg. So I'll just keep plugging away with him. Uh, and then going back to last week with Wayne Powers, Birdseye says this was one of, if not the best interviews you've done. Thanks for the entertainment, Nelson. I'm glad you liked it. Fun finding people like that that have so much to talk about and so much of it's interesting. Uh, and then Casey Ghost says, that was a great show. Wayne was very funny with a lot of great stories about the business. I don't believe how long he spent in L.A. and didn't become jaded. <laughs> and then he moved to North Carolina. What's that all about? I about lost it when he did his no more signs bit. <laughs> yeah. And then Ira says, a terrific show. Wayne was filled with the perfect spirit of a pipe smoker. As a tea aficionado, I really appreciated his comments on that subject. Loved his music and will definitely be uh, and will definitely be looking for that new album. And there you just got a new one, a new song too. And then my friend Russ Hicks says, this was one of my all-time favorite interviews. I've long been a fan of Wayne Powers, the actor, musician, but had no idea that he was such a connoisseur of the finer things such as pipes, tobacco, and tea. I was proud of myself smoking some red ribbon in a long-shanked weaver pot until you threw him a curveball with your pairing question. I nearly spit out my high-dollar loose-leaf green tea, but he is correct. It pairs better with black tea. <laughs> All right, there you go. So even, uh, even Russ learned something. Um, but don't, yeah, be careful when you spit out that red ribbon. A uh, couple more. Uh, Jason Smith writes, Hey, Brian, I just wanted to follow up after my previous email. I think that the shows have been great, and thank you very much for including my Ask the Pipe Maker questions for Jeff Grasick and answering my questions during Pipe Parts. Uh, I'll just say thank you, Jason, again for all that work and, and sending those. Uh, he goes on to say, I took your advice and have been both mixing up my tobacco types that I've been smoking, and I recently bought my first artisan pipe, a very nice Ryan Alden pipe. I have to support my Texas pipe maker. I bought it after I completed the Texas water safari, and now I'm on to other crazy adventures. Thank you so very much again, and I look forward to listening to further episodes, Jason. You are welcome again, and anytime you have any suggestions, fire away. 
Uh, and then a couple from Dan Lockler. Dan writes uh, in response to my request for a uh, Brotherhood of the Briar hymn. He says, so, hymn to the Brotherhood of the Briar sounds uniting, but since Pablo Casals had the distinguished British poet W.H. Auden to do his poem, who do mine? All right, there's an open call for all you poets out there. All you poets, go back, listen to that piece. Come up with a brother with a brotherhood of the briar, or uh, you know, a pipe-related poem that Dan can put to music. All right. Then he goes on to say, speaking of Pablo Casals, when I last visited Julius Vez, he gifted me with a tuning peg from Casals cello. Seems Casals ordered a pipe from Julius, and when Casals' representative came to pick it up, he said that uh, that Pablo wanted Julius to have a peg as an extra way of thanking him. It now sits on my Steinway in my studio with every good puffing wish. So that means when I was there at Dan's studio, I might have seen Pablo Casal's tuning peg. Anyway, and then finally Dan says, a delightful interview with Wayne Powers. I had lost track of him since his Charlotte days, but glad he is flourishing in Chicago. While in Charlotte, we traded CDs, and I still have my CD collection I still have in my CD collection his Wayne Powers and his Hoy Polloi, Plain Old Me. Being also a teaaholic, rotating about 35 different teas regularly, I applaud his enthusiastic passion for that wonderful leaf. Uh, and then finally, you may be interested to know that even though it will not hit, interna hit the international market until early August, the new, uh, new Locklear Naxos CD featuring Symphony No. 2 America, and if you remember, that's the one we played in three parts, uh, Thanksgiving, Memorial Day, and the 4th of July last year, uh, is already being advertised in Europe. So keep an eye out for it. Uh, you can you know, just Google search Dan Locklear Symphony No. 2, and when it comes up, and then he says, hope you had a good trip to Vegas and duly registered a protest that pipes are no longer a part of their name. More about that coming up shortly in the rant. Remember, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com, travel-related stuff, brian.levine at mei-travel.com, whatever it is, just you know, send it to me. And uh, post your comments for, uh, or you can post comments on the Pipes Magazine radio show page right on pipesmagazine.com. Uh, and if uh, it's been a while, <laughs> if you could leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate that. In fact, the most recent one is still hanging out, and it's the one that the guy unsubscribed but gave us five stars. So thank you very much. Uh, you don't need to give us five stars and then uh, <laughs> and then disappear, I promise. All right, rant time next. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Thank you. 
IPCPR, PCA, RTDA, ABC, 123. I don't care what you name it. All right. So I went to the uh, name announcement changing thing. I sat front row right where the new head of the PCA or whatever could see me. I sat there smoking my pipe and kept smoking my pipe right there during the entire announcement. Why'd I do that? One, to be a pipe smoker and to be visible. Two, I wanted to hear and be able to see what was what the people were saying. Now, here's my somewhat unpopular thought, all right? I don't care what they name the association. I don't care if they name the association Fred Butts, okay? I don't care. As long as it's an active, vital association that is doing good for the premium tobacco shops, I don't care what they call it. Uh, rising tides raise all boats, all right? You've heard it on this show a couple times, especially from uh, even from Mike McNeil, who said that in the cigar boom in the 1990s, they got saved because all those cigar shops had money and they were looking for stuff to buy, so they started bringing in pipe tobacco. Uh, you've heard it from other people that, you know, so literally the, the pipe and tobacco shops in the 80s were dying, and if it wasn't for the cigar boom, they would have gone away. Well, I don't care what they call the association, just as long as it is active and it's represented well. And in some complaints, I've heard that attendance was not good at this show. Funny thing is, when I went into a lot of the pipe and tobacco related booths, people were busy the whole time. So if the cigar shops are doing well they got a better chance of going to a trade show and buying pipes and pipe tobacco and again i don't care if you name the trade show bob's your uncle and he likes a pipe whatever you call it as long as there are exhibitors there and buyers there the suppliers will come that's my thoughts on it PCA sounds a little bit easier to say than IPCPR, and I always thought it did. All right. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I uh, want to thank, uh, well, <laughs> thank uh, Max for joining me. Thank you to... Uh, uh, thank you to Canood Nording for joining me. Uh, you know, it, it's a lot of it, it's a lot of time for these guys to come out of their you know to, to stop what they're doing in the booth and to join me and spend some time with me. And I want to thank Glenn Whalen and Glenn's family for the tradition of Peterson and Peterson pipes, and thank him for taking time and uh, and hanging out with me. Hope you all enjoyed it. A couple weeks and we'll get some more of that out there. Or if you really, really, really want more sooner, just let me know. Uh, Again, you can email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Just let me know. Until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to Bum 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 b
only was it authentic frontier gibberish. It expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. Oh, yeah. 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 